All right, we ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of cleaning. Maybe you guys can help me decide if it's, if it's something I need or something I should Damn, throw away. Damn, look how look how sexy everybody looks. Are you drinking your your chemistry again? Yeah. God, that really looks. That's honestly, <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool cup. Nigel's drinking out of a beaker right now, but it part of me feels like um, it's it, it, you're really irresponsible to have that kind of glassware in a lab. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any of these cups in the lab. You're in the lab right now. No, I'm in my office. In the where is the lab? Like 25 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the like uh, cleaning products like Fabuloso? Uh, I think Fabuloso is one of. Them. There's a couple other where you can't quite tell if it's um, a, like a juice drink or a, a cleaner. Well, there's only one way to find out. Oh, I think we were in Canada last time, and I remember seeing this was like 2017. I remember seeing, oh god, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin's cleaning cleaning his office, and Nigel's <laughs> drinking chemicals. Uh, there is a brand of something in Canada that's like a generic brand that comes in like yellow containers. Pine Sol? No, that's no. Not. It's it's like a it's like a generic product, but it literally oh, just will say like the name of like what it is. So it's just a yellow thing. And oh, it says, like, I know what you're talking juice. about. Yeah, it's called. Oh, like- no name. No name. Yeah, yeah. And I remember looking at those, and there's, there's, I think, a wider range of products under no name than there should be for the packaging to be that nondescript. <laughs> they have a lot. They, I think they've, there's a point where they were doing a lot. I, th- I feel like there's less now. Like less products? Yeah, I think there's fewer things out there. They were doing everything before. Yeah, like yeah, I remember like peanut seeing... butter. I think I saw beer or something. Yeah, I, I'm looking. Go to at it go right to the now. website. No name. It burns your eyes. Okay. We're at, yeah, it is. It's very yellow. <laughs> no name. Okay, where are the products? This is a disaster. Is it no name.ca? Yeah, it's not really no name product. Do you see this? All the prices name. of no name are frozen against inflation until January 31st. <laughs> wait, I don't. Wait, do you have a different website than us? Does it load differently for us? No name.ca. It's not showing me any products. Yeah. No, mine doesn't have like anything disgusting either. Disgusting oh. yellow. The Look, yellow you can tell when we open the website because our face turns yellow. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually horrible. <laughs> I want to wait. This isn't going to make sense unless we can see a list of products. I want to be able to read some of them off. Like, like, is it? Oh, wait. What uh, a horrible website. No. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really like even looking in the Google Images for okay, no pro- name I looked up no it, name product list. I want I want to find like chemicals and food that look horrifically similar. <laughs> yeah, so here's a no name fabric softener that's just in like a like a yellow jug. And here I'll and we'll see this. if we can find. Anyways, I have uh, I I, sh- I sent a big thing. There's no name vinegar. Know. I told my story before when my I uh, poured Gator- I poured Windex out into a Gatorade bottle because I needed a spray bottle, and then my little sister saw it and just drank <laughs> it. <laughs> Oi! Uh, but you know we we don't have to worry about this generic branding because we have strong branding now with our safety third dumpster fire T-shirts. Okay, give me your honest opinion because you guys just got yours. I'm in the barely middle. in the frame. Feel it. Show, rub, rub right here, Nigel. It's good. Yeah, right there. No, no, with both hands. No. This is this is a high quality shirt. It sounds like an ad when you say it like that. I said, give me your honest opinion. I'm see. That's the thing. I wouldn't ask you for your honest opinion if I was afraid it'd be bad. I like it because um, 
because I have shirts made with the same exact fabric. So I also have very good shirts that you should check out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you guys got to send your flights for everything. We just did the balance sheet for the Safety Third podcast. And I'm very happy to announce to everybody that we are profitable. Not by very much, but uh, Chelsea... <laughs> So uh, can we get a round of applause? The Safety Third Podcast is not in the negative. Woo! Anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> it was. Also, it helps that we haven't really been spending any money the past couple of months. So. <laughs> See, that's why uh, doing it on uh, the like, internet like a, is It's so like a family vacation. We have to nice. save up money and then we can go do something. <laughs> get his butt out of my face. I hated going on family vacations. I don't know about you guys, but it was like, it was always the worst. I like them. Why? Why did you like them or why were they? No, why was it the worst? <laughs> oh, well, I think that you think vacation, people typically think that's a good thing and having a bad experience makes me, you know, that's I, I think there's a lot of people that can empathize with me because I think it's, it's either one of two ways. It's like either a nice All vacation right. Great. or really it's quick. like you Kevin, have who's a... Who's your mom's least favorite person on the podcast? Um, probably... Who's my mom's least favorite? Yeah. You. She told me she yeah, doesn't yeah. like you because you and talk now, over me too And now much. the topic I'm digging into is why you didn't like the vacations your family <laughs> took. Oh, you so. you're fighting back. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm digging the hole deeper. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Kevin. Yeah, well, that's mom. that. I mean, that might be my fault a little bit. But it's like, you know. I'm, <laughs> you know, the only reason I bring You have three it. kids, right? And they each want to do something different. And then your mom wants to do something completely boring, like taking pictures or something like that. Yeah. Chelsea likes pictures too. I think it's the issue is depending on how old your siblings are. Too, oh no, I shouldn't have said anything. Go but like, away. if it is she I, here? Yeah. I don't know. I I always liked the family vacations because I think that my brothers and I always liked kind of the same stuff, and a lot of our vacations were going down to the U.S. So I actually felt bad. My mom organized the vacation, but I feel like she had the she had the worst time every time. Because it's a yeah. it's a family of dudes. <laughs> what is this? Oh god. That's and a cool every... picture. Wait, who framed that? Me. But you why did? Yes. Wait, when? I was like, like why is she showing that right now? I don't remember. That's been sitting above your kitchen table like <laughs> since at least the first time I've been at your house. <laughs> nobody okay. Nobody looks at pictures in their house. You know you know like the pranks where people swap photos out of their house sitting? And the family will never notice. Oh, yeah. It's like you're like smell blind. Like you literally just ignore him. No, I would notice. I like that you would escape from the hell that is Canada for your vacations and come down to the glorious land of America. Well, so this is this is what I used to I used to love America. I don't hate America now. <laughs> Ooh. All right. I like where this is going. <laughs> but when a lot of our family vacations, um, I think we ended up stopping a lot of them when I was probably like 50 or 16 okay. uh, which kind of makes sense right because it's like you end up going off and doing your own thing in the summer um, but no all we wanted to do was go down to the US either buy fireworks and firecrackers go to American Walmart army surplus just all stuff that we couldn't do here and my poor that's mom awesome. Did that's you ever kind of do that? but my, old, my poor mom would be like yeah that sounds super fun <laughs> So, but we did things it's that she wanted funny, to. Because well. that's a similar like experience for me as well. Because I think America is so big and different across different states that like fireworks have never really been a thing in California yeah. for me. Like they used to do fireworks 
uh, and things started getting drier and so drier and drier. You're and, in the Canada of America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I share that same that same Canadian dream. And when we went to fireworks Nevada store for the first or, time, yeah, we went to yeah. But there was okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the 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 experience. Right. So the the first one I had as a kid, most likely, I, like that I can think of and remember is my dad. So my dad used to work for the LA Times, and he was doing a story somewhere. And sometimes I'd go with him. And uh, he got to travel wherever we were going, I, like Midwest or something. And we went to a fireworks store in Nevada. And so that was great. We got like the little spinning bees, like some of the stuff we played with at your house, Kevin. You know, stuff yeah. like flies up in the air. Um, but that was never like the firework experience that you know. You know, you know, the, like the firework experience, like yeah. shit that yeah. goes boom and bottle rockets. Mm. Uh, here it's like Mexican fireworks. It's like people try to smuggle them across the border. Um, That's the but wait, so <laughs> for the first time ever, a couple years ago, when we went to Peter's house for 4th of July, oh, I yeah. went to my, like, as a grown-ass man, went to my first, like, fireworks store. I, I yeah. did everything you I hoped We it spent, would like, be. an hour in that place picking oh. it clean. We went through every single bin. It was No, I think, so did you go good. to Phantom Fireworks or something? No. Well, we went to Phantom, I think we've gone to a couple, but the mm. one that I remember, uh was like a home it was just like a not like a chain it kind oh. of looked like it was in a big barn yes okay yeah <laughs> okay I, so giant fire hazard it, it looked yes it looked like a big barn yeah. that would burn down in a big fire <laughs> <laughs> so i i feel like i share your canadian dream what else would you guys do here i'm kind of curious um, canada's sort of the same thing as america i think the big thing too with which also is why america was so glorious was i can you can look it up whatever time it was, I think it was when I was 12 or 13, the dollar was on par. And there was a time when, like, the Canadian dollar actually went above the American dollar. I don't know when that was, like, you know, by, like, a penny or something. Mm, but right. that was just, like, you'd go down to the U.S. Walmart was is just always cheaper. And now that you have on-par money, it was just, it felt like, it was just insane mm. that you could do that. And then in, I remember in Walmart, we go to New Hampshire and there just be, we were never used to just having guns on the rack and like bullets. We didn't oh, buy yeah. anything anymore. Can. But I remember as a kid being like, no way, that's crazy. And I just wanted to go to Walmart and just see it <laughs> just because it was that. different. Walmart. Walmart is like the. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Walmart, Mom. They didn't I want to go to America. I want to go to America. So we go to Walmart. <laughs> I would say the thing that, that changed a lot of that was like, you know, since then, there have been, you know, many incidences involving uh, guns. And oh, my God. There was just one, like, I'm just reading about one now. It was, like, yesterday. Yeah. So it's, like, my my kind of At intri a Walmart. intrigue about, By a Walmart employee. about guns kind of went, you know, it kind of started having much more of a dark side. So it wasn't as just yeah. fun to go and see them. I'm kind of like, uh. I think it's, like, as I became an adult and then more and more stuff started happening that I was, like, Oh, uh, you know, maybe it's not as fun as I thought it was. I used to live up north, so it was like the same thing. There was no guns in stores up there. Mm. You know, and then you go down to Florida and it's a completely different world. But you yeah. can't have fireworks. That's the thing with California is like it's not as different as a lot of states. People sort of think it's much more strict with that. And it's like it is, but also it's you can go to stores here too. Like Well, you can actually let me say you can buy fireworks in Florida. Just there's a bunch 
everybody cares more. It's like all the old people get way more grouchy about it. Like they complain. <laughs> oh, it's Kevin, not the Fourth of July. That could be your neighborhood. You <laughs> what you have to do, Kevin? What you have to do old is suck. Kevin. If you set off, if you set off some fireworks. <laughs> Sorry to all the old people. That <laughs> <listen to this. laughs> hey, if you complain Kevin, about people shooting off fireworks, and it's, it's not the, of July. It's the grouchy, angry old people that Kevin likes. The cool, the, all the other old people are fine, right, Kevin? Oh, yeah, the ones that listen to the podcast. Yes, cool. those are the best. Yeah, yeah. We know Kevin. I was saying what you do in Florida, right? Would this work? You set off fireworks, and the neighbors come out like, "Hey, no fireworks!" And you go, "No, no, I was just shooting my gun." And then they go, "Ah, oh, <laughs> carry on, sir. <laughs> carry <seen> on." <laughs> That's your loophole. Or they call the police and you go to jail, but you know. All right, 1.4% of our audience is 65 plus. So apologize now, Kevin. I will not apologize. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> uh, we've got a, uh, I mean, Alan's not here. Alan should be here for this, but I think we got to do it now. We've got a legend in our Patreon Discord server. Who's that? No. Where, where did we Ooh. talk about this? Oh, no. Um, no, I think it should wait for Alan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that should wait for Alan should to be around. Okay. 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 There's he no he snuck into the Emmys in this video. It was so... I can't believe he pulled that off. Who was that guy he was talking to? It kind of looked like Reese from Malcolm in the Middle or something. Like an older... Maybe. I don't know. I I just... Oh, God. It's so good. I'm, I, I wish he finished it yesterday because then we could talk about it today. But anyways, um, and, that one, and we can't talk about the, just the Patreon. Oh, I want to talk about that so bad. It's so good. Is it that Remember, guy in Canada that he went uh, to see? I don't know where he is, but last episode we were talking about uh, people not following through. That was two episodes ago. I had um, COVID last episode. Oh, yes. oh, dude. I didn't even know that. Really? I was. I've been whining about it. I saw you complaining, Discord, but I, I thought you had to... generic sickness. No, I had COVID. That, that was underneath the COVID. He's always got that. <laughs> well, I'm glad it wasn't the squirrel rabies because somebody on Instagram messaged me like, "Bro, you should definitely get your rabies shots." And then I'm like, <coughs> "Uh oh," <laughs> and it turned out to be COVID. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> um. Yeah, we had somebody follow through, and I guess we'll wait till uh, till Alan is on next week um, oh, to yeah. talk about it. We basically complained about people, you know, you know, one of the biggest issues with it's everything. It's everything in life. Um, saying they're going to do something or asking like, "Oh, I want to do this or that," and then not following through. It happens so frequently, and this mad lad did. And we'll talk about it next time when Alan's here because it's. Oh uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. I, I genuinely have never, no one's ever done that. No one's ever said, I'm going to do a thing. And then they did it. Yeah. And like, it's like, wow. Like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. And that quickly too. Yeah. Like in a week. Yeah. Um, we'll find out what it is next week, guys. I know. Uh, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? When's Thanksgiving? Do you do Thanksgiving? No, you don't. Oh my God. Wait. I already did what it. What Canadians do? Wait, wait. Yeah. It's the same thing, just like a month earlier. What? Okay, wait. I want to hear about Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. I just sort of assume America kind of is like how, like how the rest of the world operates, and then I, re I remember that it's not. So what the hell is Thanksgiving in Canada? Yeah, what do you... Is oh, it the same like thing? Oh, in you general? Guys like, the meal yeah, is the is same. It... It's like a turkey, and then, you know, people come over, or you have a get-together, and you eat the poor turkey. Um, but it's not like it's not the same as the U.S., where it's like this major event or people are traveling across the country and it's i've never 
ever had my like family from out of town travel for Thanksgiving. Were the natives also super thankful that you colonized them, like in America? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We all... Is there is there any sort of like history of your Thanksgiving? Because ours yeah, is kind I'm of. Yeah, I'm getting I have no like. It is. I would say it's small enough that it's a major holiday. Like we end up getting like a Monday or a Friday off or something. Like it becomes a holiday. But I don't. I've I've never in school learned about anything about it. It was just a thing really? that you're like, oh, this is Thanksgiving weekend. And, like, people just go and, you know, oh, it's a three-day weekend. Like, that that was okay. – there's not much – I don't know so anything it about it. It sounds like it might just be, like, uh, an American custom that has been adopted. Yeah, as bled has over. no meaning. I'll look. For us, Thanksgiving has lots of meaning. So Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think I literally learned that, that natives were so grateful that they, like, had a big meal or something. <laughs> that sounds about right. I've been doing a bunch of research on early America um, for the the oyster farming video, which I we've talked about before. I think it's obvious that 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 nightmare of a video has been going on for a long time. Um, And I was trying to figure out, you know, why are oysters important? You know, like, why am I, why am I, what's, what's the story here? Why do, why does anybody want to hear about oysters? Are you rubber duck debugging this video with us? (laughs) No, I've already done that. <laughs> I'm just giving you the results right I'm not, now. I'm not giving oh, you okay. any free advice. I, I've got a pretty bold claim um, that I'm going to make in that video, and I'll make it here too. I'm pretty sure oysters saved America. <laughs> Might, maybe even one of the founding fathers of America. Oysters. What I think is that oysters are gross tasting. That's fair. So we should but... leave them where they are. We would <laughs> we, we would n- not exist today as we are if it was not so for I, I agree with you. Here. I'm saying that uh, we should respect them and leave them alone. <laughs> <We should>. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you had an oyster? Me? Yeah. Uh, the, I think 2018. I had it multiple times in Japan, and every single time I had a you hated it. I almost threw up every time, and I had to like swallow it. <laughs> And then I would order it accidentally, thinking it was something else. You should be very glad that you were not one of the early settlers of this continent, because that is why oysters—that's how oysters saved America. They <laughs> killed by them. essentially <laughs> keeping people from starving to, to death. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying. Like, oh, they kept people yeah. from starving. Well, they said they got—I guess they got uh, what's it called? Like just people sick. But no, it's the opposite. They nourished them. Was that like the very first settlers, like the first yes. winter before they could grow crops yep. or something? It, well, they had essentially inconsistent food supplies. And oysters are like, I think, very nutritious, actually. And so there were always oysters because oysters, was, especially back in the day when you had like unpolluted ecosystems, <laughs> oysters apparently were like insane like there was just, just there was popping off just popping like absolutely yeah. insane amounts of oysters and if you had to eat you could eat oysters just and that's a it. whole like, bushel of oysters yeah. yep and so you were you weren't oysters gonna starve to death you were just gonna die from some other ailment can you, you know, from... eat oysters like are they a complete food i think that you could probably eat oysters for quite a while before bad things started happening. I think that's probably the same with most things, though. I would eat one, and the bad thing Dying. already happened. 
<laughs> you just perish. <laughs> just, I don't know. But if it's like, you know, like rabbits, you can't eat a rabbit forever because they don't have enough fat and your brain will atrophy or something like that. That used to happen to a lot of people. Rabbit hunters. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Um, okay, Nigel, what, uh, what do you guys have up in Canada that wasn't stolen from America? Mm. Christmas? You stole that from America. Halloween. <laughs> <sighs> what do we have? Canada Day? Ooh, what's Canada Day? Oh, we have some, we have like, we talked about this. We, we, oh, you weren't here with Alan. We have, uh, mm. you know, like ketchup chips, all dress chips. Okay, so I was thinking like more national. Oh, holidays. yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, we don't have anything in pocket. We, hot I think dogs. we have we have well we have Victoria Day, which is what's that for Queen Victoria? So it's a holiday, but in Quebec we don't have that. It's like it's it it exists, but I don't. Or maybe I don't remember. If, I don't can't remember if it's actually like a holiday. Who or not who is Queen Victoria? Uh, the queen <laughs> of Canada. Well, because we're we were part of the Commonwealth for a long time. Do you guys have a queen and a king? Officially, I think until like nineteen thirty-five or something. What, was it? Is it? Does it still exist though? Like, is like a less formal thing? So, is that the English like queen some, or the totally Canadian wrong. queen or something? Well, I mean, Canada up until I think it was one second. I have to. I cannot believe that Nigel doesn't know. I know. Has no, because yeah, I'm. I, you know, so, how did you feel about the line in the power tool video? Where I said uh, Nigel spent all his points on chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it was. So the Statute of Westminster was a British law passed in December 1931, and it was Canada's all but final achievement of independence from Britain. So I didn't remember the exact date, but it was like in the did 19- you have to fight them. No, it was just. I think it was to commemorate maybe it was like commemorate like if i vaguely remember contributions during world war one or something i don't remember what happened it was like it was deemed that canada earned their independence from britain so then it was just given but at the same time we still kept like a figurehead of a queen but she has literally she couldn't do anything it's not part of the Mm. government but like the queen would be on our money on our coins but it wasn't like in britain where it's like she She's a figurehead, but she also kind of has influence. Whereas here, I think it was, I think she actually technically had some stuff that she could do, but I don't know. I, I don't know anything about that. She could execute you, but yeah. besides that, she had no real power. <laughs> All she could do was kill people. <laughs> no, I think it's like she, she had the ability. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know. As far as I know, she's never done anything. Like the queen's she had one never of those done Chipotle anything, like, platinum cards and got her free Chipotle for the rest of her life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> By my authority as the Queen of Canada, but either, <laughs> by a Chipotle burrito for, for zero dollars. But yeah, either way, until nineteen <laughs> until the nineteen thirties, Canada was technically uh, under like not control, but I guess like influenced by Britain. So mm. I think it's like that's kind of I think that's why I don't remember the history of World War One, but that might have been why we were more part of it because it's like if Britain got pulled in, they'd be like, "Well, Canada, you're coming too," right? I think so. It's isn't like, that wild that like there's that sort of authority over the ocean like that? Like, and that was back in the day too, where you couldn't. Yeah. See, here's like I don't remember the history. <laughs> um, yeah, so it says like I'm just looking it up. In 1914, Canada was a self-governing dominion of the British Empire, but did it did not control its own foreign affairs, whatever that means. Yeah. 
Because Australia was kind of like yeah. That so too. the British declaration of war in World War One brought Canada into the war because of our legal status as a British Dominion. So it's like we didn't really have. A I love like what are they gonna do? You say no, we're not gonna do that, and they come fight you. It's like well, no, actually, they're, they're already. <laughs> I didn't know it's they're already busy. It said it's even weirder. It says the British Parliament could vote if Canada went to war, but the Canadian government would then determine the level that they went to war. <laughs> it's got it's, it's, yeah, like, it's like we're thinking like a two. No, it's like maybe a one. Yeah, it's got like you yeah. are you are obliged to come to war. It's like all right, we'll send <laughs> send one guy. Yeah, in. we'll send we'll, we'll send Joe. He, I'm sure he can help. Yeah. <laughs> just like shows up in a in like a VW bus. No, hey but guys. I think what happened was Canada did actually kind of go like full in. In World War One, they kind of were like, oh, OK, we're joining you. And I vaguely remember that, like, then after that, that's what led to people talked about it. They're like, yo, Canada kind of joined you, but we are across the ocean. Why? Why are we even part of this? So then it led yeah. to, like, uh, the separation. So then it was just, like, um, uh, symbolic after that. Do you feel like learning a bunch of history in school did little to nothing for you in your adult life? No, I think it did everything for me. <laughs> you think so? I feel like, because, okay, well, that was this a is joke my, answer, my, well, yeah, I know, uh, I think, <laughs> if you, okay, personally, I think that there's a lot of stuff I learned in school that was, like, useless, right? I think history might be one of those, but at the same time, I do think that it is important to understand some level of, I think, I can, history, I, right? I think, for example, I, I agree, well, I'd say history was oh. probably... I, I feel like I like, learned the exact same thing every year. I swear to God. I learned about the American Revolution 12 years straight in a row. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, if, if you learn the same thing over and over, that's kind of lame. But for example, I think that, um, I mean, the major events, obviously. So like, for example, like with World War II and the Holocaust and just the entire idea that, you know, a country can go genocidal. Um, if you're not taught it, like you will just end up kind of repeating it whereas like even now right. the nazis are so vilified that it's like even even if you are basically a nazi you can't even call yourself that like because that you, yeah. you still stay away from that even though you basically are so it's like you still because everyone knows the history it does make you toe a line in how far you go because if you start saying certain things, everyone's like, oh, that sounds a lot like, uh, you know, what Hitler would say. And you're like, oh, and then you do change like what you're saying. And it does tone yeah. down some of your rhetoric. That does kind of seem like an opportunity, though, to uh, like, like manipulate. Well, because that's what they say. What winners write the history, right? So it's like you're taught a bunch of history. Well, go ask Japan what happened in World War II. That people want you to know. Yeah. And so. I kind of feel like, well, you learned a bunch of stuff, and I feel a lot of that stuff is just sort of unnecessary. Like, what, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the question is, you know, if you learn as much as you do learn, why don't you learn more? And if, if you're not learning more, they selected this much, why not less? Like, is any of this stuff applicable, and how much of it is manipulated or even means anything? And Like, you know, I think there's there, – I remember having to, like, learn – like all the president's names? Did we do that? Did we have to learn all the... No, she's got her noise-canceling headphones on. Um, yeah, I think we... Did you have to learn all the president's all names? Me? Not you. <laughs> I was like... I know... I president. so. I know... Uh, 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 president I feel like we had Obama. to learn a lot more about a lot of presidents that, like, literally none of it matters today. Like, none of it matters. And like, I don't remember any life. of it. The thing is, nobody remembers any of this stuff because it's really... 
not important. I think yeah. the very but it small, is, but it's like not. I mean, yeah, they, well, you remember the important stuff, but you don't remember like what Theodore Roosevelt did. Right. Like, like I if you're going to spend time teaching people stuff, would it be better to teach them maybe a little bit less of that and a little bit more of things that are going to help them in their day to day? Like maybe spend a little bit time, more time doing some maths and science. Well, or I, like, I do know, think doing I, hands on welding, teaching. <laughs> we want to learn about Thomas. Well, Thomas Jefferson, maybe, maybe there's some early presidents that are interesting, but you want to, who's a, who's a absolute like dog water president that no one gives a shit about. So I, I have to say, I think history is obviously very important. Just, I think if you get lost in the details, like, for example, learning – if you learn about World War II and then they make you learn about, like, the specific battles okay. that happened and, like, small details, it doesn't really help you. You're going to forget. Tell me one fun fact about Warren G. Harding. He was president for two years. Oh, yeah. He, he was, died. No, he was – He died he, in office? I think – uh, he was the first. He was the first president to be. He was the first president to be uh, impeached and removed from office via death. <laughs> Hell yeah! God damn it, Kevin already Just, said the answer. No. <laughs> like, what if we got rid of making kids memorize? You know, maybe the first uh, dozen presidents is interesting. I, I mean, it's more like pop culture history at that point. And then, I mean, for like yeah. from number twenty. Or how about from, like, Abraham Lincoln up to, like, I don't know, somewhere else? Then we teach them, like, welding. <laughs> but wait, Will, I think and then after Roosevelt that, then we was a pretty, a pretty based president. So, he was probably a good one. Yeah, I, but what? how well, does that help well, you well, in your day-to-day well, life? I want right? to say this. If you learned how to weld in school, that's going to get you further in life than learning about Roosevelt. I want to make a point. So I'm saying that I think your criticism of the learning the history stuff is would be the same thing as what I kind of hate about when – chemistry is taught it's like a lot of people when i speak to them like either people who went through chem or who are currently learning chem and they'll say things like oh yeah i know chemistry look 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 i can name the first 20 elements i memorize them and i'm like why would like that doesn't serve you any i can't do that it's like from memory i can but i have to think about it but it's like not something that does anything for you because it's just like you know the periodic yeah. table exists so you can look why at it why do i it. need to know the orbitals in ninth grade, you don't. Kevin, you need to know the the probabilities, the electron probabilities. I know. <laughs> I hated that. I I think the big thing with science is some of it is you kind of need to do it because then there is base level stuff that you have to learn in grade nine and other stuff. Because then if you do, depending on what you shift to, it'd be too complicated that you do something in university and they they have to like right. back teach you all this stuff. But I think it's the memorization. And, like, the random stuff. Like, Will saying, why would you be taught about, like, you know, every president? It's like, or memorize their names. Like, that literally does nothing for you. Like, I feel U.S. history or, like, really, really strong U.S. history is almost equivalent to a movie buff. Like, someone who just knows about a bunch of movies. Or it's like, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, unless you're solving, like, old crimes <laughs> or trying to do, like, what does... Like, there's someone who's really upset at this conversation. What right did now, but I don't care? What did Abraham uh, <laughs> Lincoln do on like? That's so a lot of the tests are like on his third whatever, and you're just like, why would you have to know these specifics? Like, I understand the most say, interesting... those who who don't know history are doomed to repeat. Yeah, it but and... what what power do I have to repeat any of the stuff that happened in World War II? But I think that knowing the overall like what happened and then kind of like what. You should what should or shouldn't have happened, and then the the result, like what do you learn from it, is what you need to know. 
not like I said, right. specific and tiny details. This is being details. recorded by who's who's recording all the information and deciding what to teach to students. <laughs> I think I think for the, I I agree that there's obviously like saying. a bias that you can look into, but it's just like in general. I I think back to all the history that I learned, and it's like you only remember the basic overall like conclusions or ideas. It's like you don't remember specific dates. You don't remember. Like I, when I said the statute of Westminster, I, I of knew it. that. I hated every I minute it. that I was in history, I would, that I was in language arts, that I was in social sciences. That's, it was the worst you have an engineering time brain. I've ever had in school. It's like, you know how they teach math, right? First you learn um, yeah. like addition, then you learn multiplication, and then but there's still addition in multiplication. That's like how I learned history. It was like yeah. You learned about the Civil War. This happened in, in kindergarten. Then you learn about like, oh, there's a North and then there's a South. And then you learn like, oh, there's like this general did this. And then, then it was mm. because of slaves did this. And it's like, it's the exact same thing. It's the same thing just over and over yeah. and over for 12 years. Yeah. And then you learn about, and then you learn about uh, like poems written in yeah. during the Civil no, see, War. That's and what it's I'm like, saying. oh my God, how can they make this any more... Yeah. Less enjoyable, I mean. Because Didst thou thy fences cross beneath the wells <laughs> from below the frost? All right, kids, what does that mean? No, it's like that. I don't oh, know, we got to lunch early. That's the type of stuff that literally doesn't Day, help. Please let me go. That doesn't help I think anyone. it means that the person who wrote it wants to die, just like I want to die in this class right now. I hated school until I got into college. Wait, so I want to say Kevin's like, I hated school until I got into college. And then I decided I didn't even want to do it anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> you had the you the had moment you had a choice, you just bailed. Like, yeah, because you know why? Because I didn't take a bunch of history classes. Yeah. I, oh, except for the ones I had to take. Again? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, that's that made him snap. That made Kevin too. just snap. Sorry for bringing up these traumatizing <laughs> memories. I mean, if I had to pick, I would I would trade a portion of history to do like a year or two of Spanish. I think mm. that's not a bad idea. Uh, I don't like, think it is either, but I just don't like the way it's... You are forced to do a lot of things. Like, I think that, you know, my... my here's, here's my kind of like negative overall thought or or analogy or, or example in the education system like you ever seen like like stem programs everyone's like oh we've got our stem or steam program in our school they've got we've got our our steam lab and they get a grant someone comes in and gives them money and then the school buys a bunch of oh, 3d printers or laser cutter and this and this and this and, and then they're like all right how, how about uh, which teacher wants to run it and they give it to some 60 year old that doesn't know anything about yes. it. yes Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that happened to me in high school, man. The the problem is, and this is, you know, I mean this in the nicest way possible. <laughs> this is how you know an offensive is thing is incoming. Most educators are not built or 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 like seasoned to educate kids about things that are beneficial to those kids that are outside of the realm of your like six classic subjects of math and English and science. Like you don't have like, you know, very rarely will you have like a woodshop or like an automotive class like that does uh, exist, but it's like a very rare kind of like offshoot. Everything else is just, you're going to learn these core things and we as teachers have learned how to teach them. And we really don't have any practical applications of these yeah. skills we're teaching yeah. because we are teachers. So I, I mean, 
I agree with you, and it's something I was talking to my mom about. That's why I feel I talked to you about this. How I wanted to actually make a chemistry course. Maybe this is the first time I've talked about it publicly because it's the people that make meth. Well, it's it's exactly what you're talking Yo. about. Where it's like that would be make, interesting. Make money would, with chemistry like... with these e- fourteen easy steps. <laughs> no, so it's like my problem with how a lot of it's taught is like. Y- y- I don't know how you would make a different system. It's like you do obviously need teachers. You need people to learn and be trained on how to teach because that is a whole skill in itself. And it's like the people who know the like super in-depth about chemistry are kind of the people who went – they didn't go and become teachers. They went into the industry mm-hmm. or they completely specked out on just research or all this other stuff. And it's yeah. like they don't no. go into teaching. And it's like you can't rely on a pool of those people to teach – students uh, this would be an interesting conversation to have with chelsea i think because she you know she's like this is what you know day to day but she teaches fifth grade too and fifth grade is kind of like i think like elementary school middle school especially elementary school it's is, a little less specialized you know, so you're it's a yeah. little bit less specialized yeah but you know i've seen this a lot you know on youtube just like as an educational platform <clears throat> where there's some channels of people who are like engineers and it's like you know what does an engineer do or you know mm. how i did this as an engineer this and you watch their their video and it's like i kind of feel like this person is they have a degree but they don't yeah. actually like have any experience doing anything yeah. and the advice that they're spouting off is sort of useless because they just went you know out of academia and never into a work environment where people who are you know consuming this content are kind of expecting to end up it's, yeah they want like <clears throat> practical advice not like yeah. Advice from your guidance counselor well, I, type of right. advice. So my one comment about this, it's something that I've thought about because you guys probably experienced the same thing just trying to build a YouTube channel. It's when I was trying to figure out so many things on how to run a business, you'd look online and it's there's people give advice, but you're always there's always a bunch of very important info that's lacking. And what I realized is that the people who have that information aren't making tutorials or teaching they're kind of just drowning and running their own business. So it's like yeah. the people who have the best advice are not creating any material. And I think it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. The people who have the most experience in engineering are spending all their time engineering. And like if someone yeah. asks them a random question, a colleague, they'll answer it. But they don't have time to go and you know, create a whole educational thing. Whereas that's why I think us being YouTube people <laughs> – is a unique perspective, like a unique, a unique opportunity, just because like I spend all my time doing chemistry, thinking about it, but then I'm also part of what I do is reaching out to the public and then presenting things. Right. So it is kind of like, like a, a, a communicator. Yeah, but it's like a mixture of the practical side. And then we also have to present it in a way that's educational and understandable. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Whereas most people are either just one or the other, and that's not really their fault. That's just kind of how society is built to a certain extent. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like when you get really good at something, observing like how other people like present it to the world. I think like TV shows are a good example, right? Like, uh, you ever had an experience or talked to someone who's like, you know, a doctor is a great one. Or like, I'm a doctor, <laughs> I'm a nurse, and they're like, I can't watch medical TV shows. Yeah, because there's like all sorts of things that like the regular audience doesn't pick up mm. on as being wrong. But these professionals who work in the industry, like this is all wrong. Like it, it they cannot watch or, it because they, they can notice all the like incorrect like, information. Like lazy like, sci-fi writing. Oh yeah. Like, but my, my comment on that is I agree that there's a lot of people who have a hard time watching it. Like when I see some chem stuff in movies, I'm just like, Oh God. But it's, 
it's like I remember reading on Reddit at one point. Uh, it was it was some soldiers talking, and people were like, "Oh yeah, I bet you think like Call of Duty is cringe." And the guys like, people were like, "Dude, Call of Duty is so far from actual war that it's like we have we." Dude, it's like when we have nothing to do, we love playing it because that's not remotely what you do. So camping in in Call of mean, Duty is real mean, war in real life. I mean, war isn't like <laughs> War Thunder, where it's a battlefield yeah. full of five hundred tanks yeah. and, a battle just like, and you get respond and you just have crazy weapons. You're running around. So, to be fair, I think that's what war was back in the day <laughs> yeah. when you would line up and just shoot at each other. <laughs> so okay, <it's>, fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a time when it kind of was, yeah, like kind of, yeah. Hey, look at history helps. But I'm saying, like, in terms of the medical field, it could be that it makes some people cringe, but for some other people, it's so far off from how it actually is that they can enjoy it because it doesn't remind them that much of what they do. Like, they're able to separate like, themselves. Oh, yeah, look, they don't have to do any paperwork after this patient. <laughs> it's just right on to the yeah. next. Oh, he died? Oh, oh well. <laughs> I die a little bit on the inside when you see a lot of, uh, like, sort of the YouTube advice or, like, the gurus. Like, I'm oh, sure some of them that. are good. But I remember when uh, the King of Random uh, did a seminar years ago or something. And I was like, I was like, oh, man, like. What is like? What are they doing? You know, it's it was like an educational thing. The tickets were really expensive. Um, I'd be curious if anyone felt like they got anything out of going to one of these events that that cost a lot of money. Because or like definitely Mark Rober's school too, right? Uh, but he's like, oh well, his edge. No, his is more like engineering stuff. I think it's more like the YouTube. Guru, oh, you're talking about like yeah, the YouTuber. Like how to be well, good. On Mark YouTube. actually like if you take his course. You do learn how to use like Arduino and like some stuff. Like it's more of a practical thing. I think Will's more like. Yeah. So you want to be a YouTuber, and it's like you yeah. first you need is a ca- like, like you need a camera. Lam- my seven bookshelves. Yeah, it's like it's, my, my Lamborghini. Yeah, it's like kind of like very generic. I was looking through YouTube for potato cannon builds, and I found somebody that took Mark's class because they're mm. like, "Oh, this is my project that I did for Mark's class." Oh no! And it was him building like a giant four-barreled like potato launcher cannon it's mark teaching people how to so he did cannons. something you know he followed through he did yeah he did a, but i feel like that's what yeah, yeah. that type of stuff works because it's like if you focus on like one project like making the potato thing or the potato cannon then it's much easier to accomplish than i want to make a successful youtube channel what do you even do because yeah, you're you're like teaching somebody the skills to be successful you're like giving them yeah. this that they can use yes. instead of just you're giving like, them the ground like how... tool, like the yeah the base level tools that they'll need to actually get started. How many of those channels do you see that that uh, or people that are promoting those like advice courses they themselves have successful? Exactly. Platforms? Like if if they're not well, no, know, they don't have a bunch of subscribers themselves. It's it's the thing that's interesting that I've always thought was weird. Make it till you make it. Is the people yeah. who that's all they do is like promote how to have a successful channel and like i'd watch some of them just i don't know why i have like an intrigue about it but it's like you'd see that they themselves are also very much trying to have a popular channel it's fine if they're just trying to put the info out there and they have a side gig like a lot of them are um consultants and they actually know what they're talking about so their channel is more for advertising for their company than it is like they're just trying to grow a youtube channel and i find that's very weirdly circular yeah, that's the thing. When when you don't have a side gig, when it's like only yeah. YouTube, 
and now you're trying to well, grow your channel by telling other people like consulting towards YouTubers. Then like your advertisement is also kind of like, but it makes more, you know, you want to say the, how successful you are and how successful everyone that listens to your advice is so you can draw more people in it's, and then you have like a successful company. So you must be right. Right. Yeah. Or you're just really good at getting but the success to... is from people trying to find success, but, which yeah. is how do you, you know, it's like, it's this, just like, Oh, it's like a little bit. This is a rule that kind of w I would tell my friend when he was trying to invest and, you know, we're, tr he, we're trying to help him find, like, identify people who are kind of con artists. I'm not saying any of these people are con artists, but it would always be like whatever anyone's putting. It's like LaCroix flavor of con. <laughs> well, it's just like whatever anybody is putting the majority of their time into in a high likelihood. I mean, not, so not even that, is guaranteed they d deem that the most valuable use of their time whether it's personal reward or financial return so if the person is spending all their time trying to tell you how you can make it on youtube that's how that's where their money is coming from and you you have to like look at the intentions i guess of like i said some people are, are genuine some people are more conny some of it will be good there's just a lot of it but it's yeah that's the thing good. i mean if they do spend all their time looking at trends on youtube then you know they do have a nice outside you know they've got a good perspective but on things the point i wanted to say was all the people who and truly it, know how to do well on youtube aren't making these videos necessarily because it's more valuable for them to just make youtube videos yeah. No, they're complaining about it on a podcast <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like the people who are so knowledgeable are just making using their knowledge because that's the most valuable use of their time, both personally and yeah. like the financial reward is better. If you're going to take your also, time you ask, to you know, sell a course. Successful YouTubers, what like a good tip is, they're all going to have different advice yeah. and it might conflict with each other too. But yeah. sorry, I just want to like, it's just if somebody is spending all their time making YouTube videos, that's going to be what they think is the most valuable use of their time but if they're super knowledgeable and then they're spending all their time teaching you how to make youtube videos it means that it was less valuable to make their own which makes me question yes you're <laughs> like how good I, they I, truly are i've got another conspiracy theory just like that too nigel and it's about bitcoin miners okay like why are they selling these bitcoin yes. miners instead of mining bitcoin with their own miners yes. that, okay so i think that's a great question <laughs> Kevin, i think that like, please this explain. is something i've thought about but there is a very, very, very like there's something very valuable about separation of like like industry or monetization of like how come Adobe rip dog shit software <laughs> company? I, I feel okay saying that publicly now. I'm so I can't even count how many times my computer's just crashed. You saw the video I posted yeah. on this Discord yeah. server. Um, well, they make Photoshop. Why don't they just? photoshop all the photos people need to have photoshop right like there it's more profitable to sell a product as a tool for other people to scale it effectively so so yeah a bitcoin mining company could develop the asics right but oh like you know like a like a, a, a foundry they come a foundry right where they're they're making asics right so they're making silicon they're making oh, computer yeah, chips yeah. that are the actual foundation of these bitcoin miners well why doesn't the foundry just make the miners and then build the warehouse and then like there's risks associated yeah. with all these different business models and so it doesn't always make sense 
to take those risks all on your own. Like focus on what you're good at, which for a foundry is making the silicone. And for the, you know, the PCB house that's assembling the boards is making PCBs and assembling boards. And for the company, the engineering company that's actually designing the mining rigs to put to, you know, together like the, you know, the thermal stuff and the power stuff and then the electro electrical stuff and the mechanical housings and everything like that. They're like, they're, they're then reaching out to all these other companies to build this thing. And then they themselves are like, well, we're making money, making and selling miners, but we don't want to have to then go buy a warehouse and build a warehouse and install, you know, air conditioning and cooling. Mm. So, so you can kind of see how there's like you can yeah, compartmentalize. Like, like a lot I, I, easier to do that. I think what but they can sell more miners. But what Will is saying is then, it's just a risk thing. So that's true. it's kind of like yeah. I, it's easy. It's faster to scale up like that. Correct. Selling but them. I think like it's a good parallel could be this, for example, you have. Much, like any higher risk is generally higher reward so you take the lower risk you have less reward probably but it's more stable so one example could be why would anyone bother making like a crypto exchange because the answer is every trade you get let's say one percent doesn't matter if the coin goes down or up you're always making money but it's like you aren't taking if the market crashes or goes up you don't reap the benefits of when it explodes but you also don't get destroyed necessarily when it crashes you just kind of get yeah. like continual gains so if you're a fab house and you've invested in this pipeline and it's honestly uh, the best crashes option to do miners, guess what yeah, yeah. You, well you still have a fab house that can make yeah. other uh, silicon yeah. or if you're a pcb assembly factory you've still got you know clients who are building things other than miners if you're a, a company that builds miners you still have a team of people that are good at mm. building you know like power electronics and it might not be a miner but it might be you know some I kind know, of like, like you know a, ai asic or something like it, that it could be anything right it could be literally anything and so you know the engineers are good at building stuff they're not good at building a business around mining and so they find someone else who understands that industry better that person's willing to spend money on it and like take this sort of educated risk um, and this engineering company is willing to take the educated risk of making this product because yeah. if that fails, they just make a different product. And so it, it does well, yeah, make sense. It's like for, you, say you have a million bucks. What do you do? Buy a million um, Bitcoin miners and use them yourself. And then it takes like three years to make another million bucks. Or do you sell them all? Or it crashes and million. then you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and also so it's, it's all a cost kind of, of, yeah. of electricity yeah. too. It, it's diversifying. So you're basically doing something that you're comfortable with that, you know has like you know some risk associated with but you're not putting everything into that and then when people do put everything into it really horrible shit happens when it falls apart but these other industries are totally fine they just keep they find something else and keep going have you ever looked up how much like you would have you ever like put together a bitcoin mining machine on paper and just like tried to see with how much money how much yeah. money you could make if you set one of these things up we were gonna do it yeah we had a plan to do it and there was there's like a um a, it, it's a whole a thing whole that's scheme. Like at this point it's not it's <laughs> it's a whole scheme that we've kind of talked about a little bit of the solar mining farm so there's like tax credits for doing solar mining or sorry for doing solar solar mining a way that you could convert <laughs> sunlight into money which there is you could literally just build solar panels that are pumping electricity into crypto miners this is by the way this is pure just legal exploitation that I don't know if it's genuinely legal or not. I think some lawyers were talked to. There's a couple of, of friends of mine that were super into this. Um, very just uh, ethically, ethically not great. Legally totally fine. Uh, which, you know, I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, 
so you could literally build a solar farm that's not putting electricity anywhere. It's just making crypto. <laughs> and it's not connected to a grid or anything like that. Um, and so it was a... It did make sense when you combined everything together. Of Like the farm makes money. The, because it's a business, it's a tax write-off. Because it's solar, it's an even greater tax write-off. Like it's, there was a big, big, big credit for doing solar federally. And it doesn't make sense now. And I'm glad it never happened because of the crash. But it's at one point, at least, it was totally doable. Especially when you combine everything else together. I looked it up in Florida because I think we pay 11 cents per kilowatt hour, which is pretty low. It's a lot That's lower than other places in the country. And so I'm like, okay, so if I got a Bitcoin mining rig that was doing this many calculations per second, like how much money would I make? And I would have, I would lose $4,000 yeah. a year yes. with, with like a, you know, 5,000 watt miner or something yeah. like that. But do you see now that like why it makes sense for you to separate businesses? Cause there might be someone who did was able to figure out how it works. Like essentially I think the reason it makes sense is because nobody is smart enough to understand all of these things. Like nobody is smart enough to see all the avenues that you could possibly monetize, you know, like all these different technologies. And so someone just makes it and then all of a sudden they find a demand for it. People are willing to buy it. And it's like, who's buying this? Like, you know, I mean, have you seen there's all sorts of stuff where there's a market demand that comes in that has nothing to do with what the creator initially intended it to be for. Like my little pony for Christ's sakes. What, who watches My Little Ponies? There are more kids or adults that watch it. Oh, man. At this I point. I have no idea. But, it, you know, it's good for their business. People are watching it and buying merchandise. Did they make it for adults? No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like if you just make a thing, you don't have to think about anything else. You just make the thing and people find value in it. Then, they'll, then your business will work. So, but Kevin, was your, cons was your conspiracy answer? Speaking of, here, here's the names of all the Patreon supporters <laughs> flying across the screen right now. <laughs> Are we talking about scams? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, my, my like, kind of general takeaway, though, is, is I'm pretty, I think, passionate and opinionated about education because I just still, to this day, have salty feelings about like, the sort of lack of opportunities I had when I was a kid. You know, it makes me sad that the education system is filled with only educators and not like supplemented with professionals who are good at things that you don't get from, you know, mm. getting an education in ed educating. Like what engineer is going to go and retire and then go get their credential so that they can teach in a shop class or a, some do a STEM and they're always the best ones. Some do. Some do. They're always the badass but, ones. Yes. They're just great. A lot, a lot of people, like you, you're literally taking somebody who's worth way more in another industry yeah. who only wants to do this because oh. they know the system kind of sucks or he just, and they want to give likes back. it. It's like, it's, but I was going to say, it's the, it's the shop guy who has like two missing fingers yeah. and you're just like, oh man, but this guy's seen problem a lot of stuff. Like, they they have to like it to do it. school system overall. <laughs> yeah. Like your teachers and educators shouldn't have to like it to do it. It mm. should make sense financially. Oh, 100%. It should yeah. make sense logistically. So if you have someone who can run a STEAM lab or STEM lab for mm. kids, they're not going to have a credential. And so you're telling them they have to go and get a credential and they have to go through this program. They have to spend money. And then they can come in and teach and these get kids, bottom, and they're going to get paid. Yeah, shit. Get, get paid garbage wage that they'll never be able to pay back their yeah. education for. It's yes. Like, well, that was worth it. And I don't know. I guess that's kind of like I have mixed feelings about it because, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is important in school. 
There's some stuff that's, I think, less important. And then they just completely ignore this whole side of things of, oh, we want to teach kids about stuff, but we don't give people who understand the topic an avenue to get I, in here to teach. I think kids. part of the problem, too, and this is a whole like topic of conversation, but it's just that like education as a whole, just how it evolved into a system where, you know, a thing where it's a thing that you go to school, get taught this whole curriculum. People every year just kind of like alter it slightly. But I've been I always tell my brother, I'm like, it's like an engineering project or even a chem project where sometimes you, you know, you, you design something for a while and then just realize your design is trash. So you have to just restart. I feel like to a certain extent, the educational system in some ways just has to. Yeah. But it's so big, like how you can't just restart. <laughs> but it's like it feels like you kind of have to at the same too time much behind it. Yeah, because like. Like think it's, about all the people making money off of student loans and all the, you know, publishing houses making money off of books. And it's then- insane. But then even, um, like for example, I know this specifically for chemistry because my brother was looking, read the whole history of like how chem chem came to even be like a thing, and then it was taught or how it was taught, and from almost day one, practical stuff was split from theory. It was. My brother told me because it was kind of funny. It was like all the practical people, sorry, all the theory people would be like, you know, it was a class thing. They're like, oh, it's I'm I'm all about the knowledge. I don't have to get my hands dirty. But then like the practical people, it's not exactly that, but like the practical people who did the demos, who would actually like show real world applications, um, the theoretical people would kind of be like, eh. You know, are you really the are you really learning? Like, they're like Midoriya from from My Hero Academia. They just go in and they're like blowing their fingers off, losing limbs, blinding, dying from radiation, and they're like getting the job done. You know, they're like they're like they're the they're the move the <laughs> no, engine moving they forward. Viewed it and more, all the theoretical people are like, mm, you're doing it wrong, and it's like, yeah, but I I'm did just it. saying they viewed it more as like a performance, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So it, yeah. I don't remember all the details. They were chasing clouds. But the idea was that it was fully divided, where it, to this day, it's like, okay, you learn all about this, and then we're going to have a practical session. We're going to learn all this, and now practical. But there's, at least when I learned chem, there was never really like a full connection. They'd be like, today, here, I'm going to yeah. show you a demo. Look, this thing lights on fire and explodes. That was awesome. Now, that brings me on the topic of elect of titration or no kevin of orbitals and you're like what <laughs> like they're like this this reaction happened because of orbitals and you're like oh like what <laughs> and it's just weird like yeah exactly you see some explosion and they go as a weird segue into talking about something unrelated and you just are kind of like just as boring as it was before except i saw something that was kind of cool before that's just because that's like the way that education benchmarks are set though with like, you know, you have to have like a provable way that you taught somebody. So they have to they have to be able to say something about hydrogen orbitals. <laughs> How many S's and P's they have. It's the state and they go to the governor and they're like, We're teaching the kids about orbitals and he's like, I don't know, I have no goddamn idea what that is. And I was like, kids are gonna be smart, let's sign off on it. <laughs> You're telling me kids kids How many, know about who this? got their calculus? Sorry? Did you who got their calculus? I did. I did all my cals. No. Uh, any calculus, Kevin? Man, I barely made it out of algebra too. What? Yo, right, well, I no, um, no I, I did through, Cal through one, physics. two, and two. three. Did you do calculus one, Kevin? Yeah, but I never took calculus two or anything past. You that. never did. I took okay. statistics, trigonometry, physics two. Oh man, no, I, you, I mean, I, Nigel, not did a, you have any idea what was going on in calculus uh, up until Cal three? 
So like <laughs> Cal three was, was, was but that was I don't I I don't remember I don't know what went on I Cal three okay just to give you an idea of what I did in Cal three I showed up to the first test I still think about this because it makes zero sense and he goes the first one you might recognize some of this because Cal three is like a mix of one and two he's like so. It's it's about limits, and we did all this stuff. And he goes, it's going to be a bit of a review of Cal 1. And you know what I said? A review? Well, I already learned that. <laughs> so I didn't pay attention, and I just showed up uh-huh. to the test. And I got like 40%. <laughs> oh, no, I think I, got, I think I got 25%. And the teacher said it's the worst mark he's ever given to a student in a long time. <laughs> That's actually and he impressive. asked me why. You were top. You were the top one percent. And he's like, "Why did you do so badly?" And I'm like, "I thought I remembered it." So that's just to give you an idea. That's how so, Cal three went for me. What percentage of people do you think have any goddamn idea what's going on when they're learning calculus? Um, like they can solve the problems, but do they actually have any idea what's going on? Like, were they just like following some kind of pattern recognition in their brain? Like a sine oh, no, no. wave. So, like, <clears throat> what is a sine wave to okay, most so, people? When you when you learn about sine waves for the first time, what do you? I'll think? answer your question. Um, yeah, you think? Woo. No, no. I I will. I will <laughs> some squiggly it's, shit. It's, some, it's a it's a thing that moves up and down. I'll answer your question. How many people know truly what they're learning in calculus? <clears throat> I'd say close to zero. Yeah. Very close isn't to zero. That, isn't that amazing? That I I bet you there's very few people that we could find that felt like they actually understood what the hell was going on. You know, if you like graph your bank account over time and it's like, oh, I started with $100 and it's gone down to $0. Like, yeah, I get it. I understand what's happening. But how many people are in calculus and have any idea what the hell any of this is going on other than I know how to solve the problem and get the answer that, that gets Yeah, because I think about it with like, give me my for a. example, like just yeah. derivatives where let's say you have x squared, you know, simple derivative. And someone would be like, well, I mean, the derivative is 2x. And you go, well, what is that? What's the air? It's a function of the area that represents the area underneath the curve. And you're just like, no, C is integral. Fuck. But you just be like, yeah. And it just, but it doesn't. Calculus doesn't make sense unless you're solving problems with calculus. Oh, maybe when I have a problem, maybe I say when I don't understand it, it's like very much deeper. No, no. But when I, what is a number? I think think we're on the same page. Like, (laughs) What it? Yeah, what is a what number? Is, like, okay, that's me sitting in the class. You know, in Cal. Like, I, I can can you can someone right here tell me what is I? What is I? <laughs> you confused about who you are? The imaginary. I know. Number. I know. What imaginary. is an imaginary number? Yeah. Like, can anyone give me a reasonable explanation as to what I is? I don't know if I ever actually took a class or we learned. I just know it was something that was invented because it had to be invented, or else equations wouldn't work. No, I think the problem with a lot of math. I mean, because sorry, I want to say this. That's no, Nigel, tell me what I is. What is I? It's an imag- it, It's to so that you can do the square root of a negative number. I don't. Yeah, but what is what it? is it? I never. I actually yeah, yeah. never took a class where I, I learned it. Like, <laughs> so I so can't that, tell you. I, like, I I I'm pretty sure is just this little thing that allows you to like enter this this place that doesn't exist to do math problems through <laughs> the, the wall. It allows, you, it allows you to enter the shadow realm. <laughs> it allows you to break the rules so that you can solve problems that actually end up coming back out of the shadow realm. <laughs> yeah. 
like actually I, i'm that's that is how i think i could explain <laughs> it and i still don't have confidence in if that's right so i don't no, nobody knows it's like it's like a puppy dog that pees on the carpet and it gets punched you, you don't know why you get punched. <laughs> yes, it's exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> you just know that if you do this right the teacher doesn't scream at but, you wait, anymore so, so. i have a little like little spiel i want to give about that i took a class it's the class that actually i there there like this isn't like a humble brag i find that I'm able I, – I would put enough brute force mind power into most classes that I would figure out a way that it made sense to me. And there's only been a few, like, classes that came along that I just felt like quitting. One of them was actually Org 2, just reading all the spectroscopy charts. Like, they pissed me off. I'm okay now. I recovered. But one was in my master's when I – before I quit. The class – like, I always like to come up with a logical understanding. But I feel like this represents what we're talking about with math. The course I took was about orbitals, Kevin. You must, you must love it. Um, <laughs> it was about predicting... Wait, you took a whole class on orbitals? Well, no, it's not on orbitals. It's predicting oh. reactions, but it's all through quantum stuff because then other models don't really exactly explain it. But it's about a guy. I'm pretty sure he won the Nobel Prize for coming up with a system that you could, like, in your head, figure out if this reaction would work or not. Like, probability... You could, it would be more like normal chem, but it was like working through orbitals more. Um, but I remember asking my teacher because he would, ex everything seemed to be a trick, kind of like, I don't know how to even describe it now, but it would just be like these rules. You look mm. at a molecule, and I'm making this up to be yeah. like, if the molecule is four carbons long, you divide that by two and do this, and then that's how many, or I'm like, this makes no sense. It just feels like a little magic it's trick. It's like yeah. weird little tricks like rules of thumb that you learn but doesn't really explain anything and i remember asking him like please can you like give me the logic behind these tricks and no and what he told me goes yes um but unfortunately you will probably need to switch degrees and do a math degree because he goes the entire reason this guy won the Nobel Prize is because One the, second, Chelsea's just going uh, ham with the, the math the was so the complicated. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I'll just explain to you. The math is so complicated that it was a, it was practically useful, useless. So you have people like he came up with a system to teach every like to make it practical without having to do all the math. But it was a system where it's like unless you have years, to, basically, if you didn't have years to learn all of the math. You just have to re you learn the rule of thumb. And I feel like that kind of goes back to how a lot of the math classes are with like Cal and everything. It's like you could be taught in theory exactly why everything works. And but that's so it's so much extra work and it's so far and beyond anything that you ever need to know that they just teach you these rules of thumb. Here's that you just have to know. I, I have that. I agree up until the point, like, just tell me what I can do with it. Like, matrices. Yeah. You can solve linear algebra. What can linear algebra represent? Robot arms with multiple degrees of freedom. I, Great. You've got a way of solving how to get the end effector of the robot arm from here to here with a I computer. Guess, like, you know, like, like. Maybe, it, but instead, what they do is they're like, "Here's this this the shittiest game of checkers you've ever played in your life. Fill it with numbers, and and if you get the right number, then you get an A, and if not, you get to go work at a you know Burger King." That's how I learned matrices, man. I still like, 
I don't know how to do them. I don't know what they're used for. I just, it, it's gone. There, I, you know, I, I don't, I honestly don't know how to use matrices then, either. Like, I, I, kinda, I know what they do. Early American history, it came out the other. Yeah. Because they don't teach you how to use it. They only teach you how to do it. And Same then when you get to your trigonometry. The end, yeah. Yeah. It's just like how it's just trigonometry algebra. is in so many different things. And they're like, oh, yeah, just right. take the cosine of, of this. Duh. $100 to whoever can tell me what an eigenvalue is. I used to know. I think it's the diagonal line around down a matrix, but I have no goddamn idea what an eigenvalue is. There is a small portion of people listening to this who are absolutely f- losing their minds right now. <laughs> I just. I, oh, we've got eigenvector I, too. So Let me guess. I, it's an eigenvalue, but it's a vector. I just think the big problem with some, some of these systems is that, like, in order for you to truly understand or apply it, you actually have to know more than you currently know. Like, it's. I remember my, when I was doing Cal 2. I had a problem for my brother, and I brought it to him. And I go, can you help me solve this problem? And my brother goes, no. And I go, why? He goes, because it makes no sense that you're, you're not using a triple integral. He goes, you can't solve this with a single integral. And then the reason he said that is because he's in electrical engineering, and he's done all the higher level maths. And he goes, I can't even solve this problem. So it's like, if I want to actually solve the real world problem, I'd have to have a higher level of math but i haven't even learned the low level yet I, I feel like it's you it's kind of unavoidable in some ways do you want to know something fun no hmm. do you know all the volume equations you learned in middle school or elementary yeah. school do you know where they get those from the integrals of the area yep it's calculus yeah that's i knew that so that's how i derived them on my tests because i wouldn't memorize them so you are using calculus you're using a derivative of calculus as a kid you are literally using a byproduct yeah. of calculus for these equations for uh you know like like cross section or like a uh, volume by well for a, you know, for a sphere it works well section, like, well if they yeah. could distill down every bit of math into a simple formula like i that. mean they do do you know do you know the easiest way to solve problems is with a spreadsheet and just doing it with time increments instead of trying to do yes. the calculus. Like, like man, you get a great answer. It. It's like, yeah. Okay, here, listen, listen. You ever see a definition for a word that's like, please use the word go kart in a sentence? And you're like, go kart is a word. <laughs> listen to this Wikipedia uh, article intro for eigenvalues. In linear algebra, an eigenvector or characteristic vector of a linear transformation is a non zero vector that changes at most by a scalar factor when that linear transformation is applied to it. The corresponding eigenvalue, often denoted by I lambda, think that's yeah. lambda, is the factor by which the eigenvector is scaled. Ge- geometrically, an eigenvector corresponding to a real non-zero eigenvalue points in a direction which is stretched by the transformation and the eigenvalue is the factor by which it is stretched. If the eigenvalue is negative, the direction is reversed. Loosely speaking, in a multidimensional vector space, the eigenvector is not rotated. Nowhere did they ever explain what eigenvalue is, even though the Wikipedia title of this article is eigenvalues and eigenvector. They're using the word eigenvalue to describe eigenvectors Without ever saying what a, what a damn eigenvalue is. <laughs> the, even Wikipedia doesn't know what the hell an eigenvalue is. Here's what I do. I just go on Google and I type in finite element analysis calculator.com. And I figure I think, it out. Dude, there's all, there's some, you just have to know what kind of math problem you're trying to look for. And there's some way to figure it out online already. I just I like you. If, if I try to do it myself, I'm gonna mess the math up. So I might as well just try to find a crappy calculator. And I don't even know how to do the math. Like I never got enough practice in school. All you or need never, is like, a clicked. phone and Wolfram Alpha. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't know why math was always okay. I, I always when I grew up, I'd always be like math's my favorite subject, but that's only because I did well in it. <laughs> yes, and the instant you start doing bad in it, you're like math is dog shit. Why do we? Why? What is <laughs> math this? is what useless. Is Abolish math. <laughs> Uh, no, I always just did well in it, except Cal 3. Cal 3, I was on the exam. I, this, I was saying that the class was a disaster. I got 25%, and then I was like, well, that was not a good grade. So the next test, I got 97%. And my teacher said, this is the most extreme I've ever had a student be. And, and then, wow. so my average was 60, which is what you needed to write the final for 100%. So my teacher was like, well, what are you going to do on the next test? I'm like, well, get 60. So I did. So I went to the final with an average of 60. And then I looked at it and I went, I can answer one out of 10 questions. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, and then I got, long story short, I got 80%. And then you became no, a No, long story short, I got 80%. I think, I think my, my mark was cooked by the teacher. I think he just made up a number and passed me. All right, we're going to go to uh, the Patreon extra right now. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't know, all sorts of horrible things. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about... Uh, taxes yeah. and YouTube. Wait, you're supposed to entice them to go to the Patreon. Uh. <laughs> Wait. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Their names are all right here. They're flying across the screen. Where Alan should be. Where Alan mm, should be. R.I.P. Alan. Yes, you guys. Thanks to Patreon. We are in the green. Did you guys know that we're like number 20 overall in or in science listeners on Spotify. And that doesn't even include YouTube views. That puts us at number Did 30. You know <laughs> Did you know that? We... You're part of a, a marginally oh, popular... Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot other people on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that actually puts us lower. I mean, anything above top 500 is pretty good. Did you guys know that you're listening to one of the greatest <laughs> podcasts on the internet? According to other people. One of the, it isn't actually... One of the top 1,000 podcasts. Top 1% of podcasts. We're like the least stinkiest shit in the pile. All right, what kind of questions are we going to answer? Where oh, man. There? Oh, let me check. Wait, you're supposed to end the other, the original, the normal podcast, though, right? Well, no, no, no. Oh, we're, these are oh, teaser we're, giving, we're teasing yeah, people yeah, yeah. with the, the, the garbage that we make on the other half of this. Have you, oh, have you all seen the fanfic about Nigel? Fanfic? <gasps> that sounds like a Patreon extra. We're going to do, we'll do a, a, a character reading. Reading. <laughs> Yeah, well, everybody will play one of the... How many... Yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. This is exciting. Okay. Uh, if you want to see uh, <laughs> us speculate about Nile Red fan fiction... It's, it's tagged with a graphic depictions of violence what? tag. Hmm, interesting. Maybe <laughs> we don't. This is going to be good. All right. We'll see you guys on Patreon.